Welcome to Outwitting the Manipulator, the podcast that gives you powerful techniques to protect yourself as manipulation is taking place. Now here are your hosts, authors, and communication experts, Robin Galinsky and Dr. Dennis Becker. Oh, there it is, that ominous theme. Oh, my goodness. And our producer, Dave, is so happy with that theme. I see him humming along with it. He loves it. This <laughs> ominous business of manipulation. Oh, boy. Well, that's why you're here, folks. And that's what we're talking about today, manipulation. And isn't that a delightful subject? My goodness. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps giving. I'm Dr. Dennis Becker. And that voice you just heard and that person, if you are streaming with us live, that look that you see is Robin Galinsky. So Robin and I are the hosts of this podcast, which, by the way, you can reach at any time, outwitinrealtime.com, anytime, not in a not only here while we're streaming, but anytime, outwitinrealtime.com. And you'll find us on all of our podcasts. All the seasons are all up there. And Robin and I are going to be talking today, guess what, about manipulation and in a particular way. In fact, each time we, we meet with you, we're trying to help you understand. And then we're being, seeing a little bit, being a little bit silly here, but we're really trying to help you understand what it's all about and how, most of all, how to protect yourself from being manipulated. So the idea is to give you some thoughts about what they do, these nasty people called manipulators, what they do, how they do it, and then for you to be able to spot that and stop it right in its tracks by knowing what to do as it is happening to you. That's why we're here, and that's why this podcast and our book is a little bit different than some of the others that you've seen and heard, perhaps. So what do you do while it's happening? That's what we mean by outwit in real time. Real time is when it's happening to you. So we're going to be talking about that as we always do in all of our podcasts today as well. So to introduce a little bit more about today, I'll turn this over to Robin and we're going to do something a little bit different today, aren't we, Robin? We're going to start with what we call a media moment. I have a clip we're going to play and it's an interview between Jordan Peterson and Dr. Jen Twenge. T-W-E-N-G-E. She's a professor of psychology at San Diego <coughs> University. She's written more than 180 publications. And this was, I thought this was a very juicy episode podcast, and it had a, a lot to do with narcissism and manipulation. It's episode number 303 with Jordan Peterson. So Dave, if you can play that clip, and then Dennis and I will talk about it. Well, I remember we, we did uh, psychometric analysis and, and looked at the psychometric analysis of thought patterns that loaded on trait neuroticism. And so mm -hmm. as well, but I'll explain to everyone else, trait neuroticism is something like your baseline level of the proclivity to experience negative emotion like depression and anxiety. And one of the things that's quite striking is that self-conscious thoughts load so heavily on neuroticism, they're almost indistinguishable from emotions. And so it looks like if you're self-conscious, if you're thinking about yourself, you are instantly miserable. And then if you're a teenage, then it gets worse for teenage girls, I think, because we also know that teenage girls experience a spike in neuroticism that's attendant on puberty and that their self-conscious concerns tend to be particularly body-focused. And that's probably a consequence of the fact that females are evaluated more 
stringently as a consequence of their appearance, particularly when they're young. I mean, men are evaluated on the basis of their performance, let's say, but women tend to be evaluated more on the basis of their appearance. And so you can see that's a perfect storm for young girls because they hit a negative emotion peak at 13. Now they're susceptible to bullying. They're extremely self-conscious about their bodies. And then the entire online world is a place to display for public. It's like the old nightmare that people have about public speaking is being naked on a stage. That's really in some real sense what the social media world has done to teenage girls. It's, it, it's, it's got to be damn near unbearable. Yeah, and the, the consequences have, have been severe. So teen depression has doubled, and that was true even before the pandemic. The rise started about 2011 or 2012, right as social media moved from optional to mandatory and right when smartphones were owned by the majority of people. Loneliness went up, anxiety went up, and it's not just symptoms. Self-harm behavior, so the, the CDC keeps track of this, emergency room visits for self-harm. So that's an objectively measured behavior, not something subject to any kind of self-report bias. And self-harm among 10 to 14-year-old girls has quadrupled in the last 12 years. So much to say and think about with this. And it's really nothing that none of us haven't witnessed firsthand. And Dennis and I are going to expand that out. I do want to, they are focused on teenage girls, but the, the reality is that this affects all of society, the social media, and it, it preys upon people's insecurities. And it's, we're at a, it was so interesting to me, Dennis, and I don't know if you thought this too, the way she talked about the moving of optional to mandatory for social media. Mm-hmm. And it started out with smartphones and then we didn't really have social media for a while, right? That was like 2008. And then it moved along and we didn't really, the social media thing is fairly new as far as time goes. Mm-hmm. And it moved from optional to mandatory. Now, if you don't, if you aren't on social media at all mm-hmm. and you are a teenager, mm-hmm. you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Right. You are a social outcast. You are on the other hand, if you do participate in it, well, because it's mandatory and you feel like you have to, you can't get away. You have no privacy. You have no escape. Mm-hmm. And this this applies to adults as well. And let's face it, there's a lot of adults who are still teenagers inside, mm-hmm. and we've all seen that. Mm-hmm. So it is a manipulative tool, and it's an, a manipulative tool, the social media is, that has developed to the point where it's they can show that it's quite addictive and it is actually controlling the behavior and even the thoughts and the actions of the users. Perfect targets, built-in targets for yes. manipulator. Not only teenage girls, but as you mentioned, adults. Perfect targets. And they've gotten so good at it. I mean, we thought that television advertising call it that over the years over the decades we thought that was good but these social media folks boy they have it down to literally a science knowing exactly how you think what time of the day and they've gathered so much information about individuals not only teenage girls but all of us every place you look there's some place some 
something, some device, some even your your automobiles, your refrigerators, everything. Well, I'm really information up- about you and loads it up to social media, which allows for the manipulators to use that in their manipulation of you. Yeah, and we know the statistics are the most vulnerable targets for mm. manipulation and coercive control mm. are girls age 13 to 24. That's a, mm. a known statistic. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why do you think it's females between 13 and 24 years old? Well, he, they talked about it in the clip we just heard. They did. They have this super sensitivity to uh, a, a body image and fitting in, as all teenagers do at that time. I mean, I think it's worse for girls. I really do. But I, if boys have the same thing, how is and but the how difference? I, what I look like and how do I fit in? Teenagers at that age want two things, which which is so always interesting to me. They want to fit into the crowd, be a member of the peer group, and they want to stand out, be individualists. That's right. It's really difficult for But think about those years. Your brain is developing. Your frontal lobe isn't even connected. So we are not experts. I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, neurosurgeon, any of those things. I'm just somebody who's read a lot of books and articles and had two daughters. (laughs) And Dennis has also had a daughter. So he understands it. You understand it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. When girls, you're absolutely right, Dennis. It's this huge conflict of wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, wanting to stand out Mm -hmm. and you're so confused in those years, you're, you're, what are you doing? You're going from, you're going from child to Mm. adult. So you've got hair sprouting, boobs coming out, hormones raging, and you're trying to figure things out. So you're trying Mm. to figure out who you are, who your identity is. Mm -hmm. And this tool has been used to somewhat commandeer that process, control that process and externalize something that maybe perhaps back in the day was more internal, more self-reflective. Um, it's, I, don't you remember, Dennis, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when we got school pictures, hmm. it's, it was almost expected among my girlfriends for us to say what everything that was wrong with us. You had to hold your school picture and say, Oh, I hate my hair. I hate my eyes. Oh, I wish my nose was symmetrical. And then your friends would go, oh, no, I like your nose. Oh, no, you have a cute nose. At least you don't have giant earlobes like me. And it was the <laughs> whole thing that they always did. And and I remember once being in a, a girl's bathroom with a bunch of teenage girls. And again, I didn't have anything positive reflected back to me. I never thought I was ugly and I never thought I was pretty. I thought I was just average. I remember being looking in the bathroom mirror and every single girl said something very negative about herself in the mirror. Yeah. And I thought, and I looked at myself and I thought, well, I, I, I feel fine and there's nothing I really hate. And I was like, you better come up with something or they're not going to like you. And okay. you know what will happen next? They're going to call you conceited. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember what I came up with, but I, but I had to chime in to be mm-hmm. part of the crowd. Just what you're talking about, Dennis, be accepted. And this reminds me of one of the easiest, easiest manipulative tactics to use is the one that we call backhand compliment. So you get something that say something. Oh, like, they're masters of it. Those <laughs> girls. Oh, your, your hair looks great. It really looks great. And it covers your big ears, but your hair looks great. So don't worry about your ears. What? Yeah. Well, you look so pretty when you put makeup on. That's my yeah. favorite one. Because without makeup, ooh. You're not. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's so it's so sad to watch this happen. Yeah. Watch and I and my girls now are thirty and twenty-four. So my oldest turned fourteen when Facebook just got started when the old people weren't on it. Mm-hmm. And my younger daughter, born in ninety nine, thank God, it was just bubbling up when she was in high school, but mm-hmm. it was already terrible. So I can't even imagine going through it right now with kids yeah. Yeah, yeah. because they're they're suffering so much, quadruple the number of self harm, quadrupled. Why? Why is that okay? Mm-hmm. Why is that okay? Not okay, but it's easy. That's the point. It is very easy for people who don't care about manipulation and just want their way, whether their way means buying something or convincing you to do something or go someplace or wear something. It's their way. And it's very easy through the media, particularly television and social media. It's very easy to manipulate people. It really is. I mean, I hate to say it that way as though it's a compliment and it really isn't. But it stresses why the work that we do is so important to the folks who tune in with us. It's so important for you to know that this is being done to you because you don't know it. It feels good. That's the whole point. It feels so good and it feels so right and it feels so true. Oh, my goodness. There's Mm -hmm. a thing now that's happening that I just heard about, and I can't even give you a link or any information because it was like Mm. flew past me. But these girls are going on social media now going, am I ugly? Asking Think about how we always protected our kids from strangers, yeah. knowing, and, and now they're, the strangers are millions of people in the world, and they're asking them to assess their worth to mm. perfect strangers to tell yeah. them if they're ugly or not. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Well, you and, seen... and it's become a machine into itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, most of the, I don't, maybe not most, but many, many, many of the advertisings that you see, you see on television, you hear on radio, start off by telling you that you are ugly or you are overweight or you are suffering from X, Y, or Z or whatever it is. They tell you that right away. And then, of course, they're going to fix it for you by manipulating you into doing and saying and buying whatever they have. But it starts out by reinforcing the the things that they know are insecurities in human beings, and particularly with young people. This is why many, many years ago, Robin, you may not remember this, but there was a, a group called Action for Children's Television, and their intent was to stop this kind of advertising on television program, children's television programming. Oh, yes, and I'm familiar with it. It wound up causing a lot of things to happen through the FCC and so forth. And ultimately, we have what we have today. Well, it's getting looser and slippier today. But the whole point is that in children's television program, if you're going to advertise, you are not to use the characters from the show. You're not to use your 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 toy or your clothes in the show. So there's no connection between the show and the advertising. Well, that's all gone. And that's what I'm saying when I say it's become this insidious machine. Of course, of course. And so there's nowhere to point and nowhere to blame because... Well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree Well, there's no one source because here's the thing, Dennis. When it becomes so ubiquitous and so insidious, it gets normalized. 
Yeah, but that's why we have that's why we have restrictions and overview and so forth. So so authorities and government authorities watch this stuff. And there there was in the day in the day the Saxon for Children's programming group started this whole thing and put a lot of pressure on government and government through the FCC put down these restrictions. That's Just gone. like they did with the, the uh, remember the white coat restrictions that came out? Because people who were coming out saying all sorts of things about medicine, about procedures and so forth, they weren't doctors at all, but because they wore a white coat, they manipulated your thinking into thinking that they were. So the government came up with something called the white coat law, which says that if you wear a white coat, in a television commercial, you have to either have it printed on here that you are Dr. So-and-so and your source, or you have to say it, or it has to say so on the screen. Now, you'll notice that many of you just, I'll say that, I'll conclude with this, Robin. The many of you, you see, it, it says actor portrayal. That's because that person's wearing a white coat or whatever it is, and they're acting. They're not telling you what they really experienced, but you're supposed to believe that it is. That's where the manipulation comes in. So there are people who can stop this problem. That's what yeah, I but they don't and they won't. And it's, well, it's no, I'm telling you, we're only one of two. United States and New Zealand are the only two countries in the world who now allow big pharma to advertise directly to the consumer. Okay. I, I agree with so you. If you want to romp on a beach or fly a kite or yeah. have a boyfriend, then just take blah, 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 and put yeah. a whole bunch of consonants and vowels together and just throw them yeah. out. And then that's the name of the drug. Cause I think yeah. that's how they do it. Yeah. So it's, it's the point is we don't have control over that. It's that, that was my point. The, in, it's so insidious and so ubiquitous. The only thing you have control over is your own brain. And mm-hmm. t- you have to think about what you're going to allow in and what it's doing to you. And a lot of young girls now, including my own daughter, in fact, my own, my younger daughter, when she got a new iPhone, she didn't put any social media on it at all. She kept her Mm -hmm. old phone. She left it at home and she checked it once a day. I don't know how she got that idea. I was really proud of her because she said she felt so much better. She realized that every time she checked those things and she didn't have the likes or she only got five likes and her friend got 10 likes or whatever, she was feeling very bad about herself all the time. It's like taking a little dose of poison. And that's why they have these detox camps. Now you can send your kid to and get them off of all electronics because they need that. Well, that's what, what we've been talking about here. Or one of the reasons why I'm speaking for you a little bit now, Robin, but certainly for me, and I think Robin agrees. That's one of the reasons we wrote this book. One of the reasons we do these podcasts. One of the reasons we're so, so glad to meet you and to talk with you about this, because we want to warn you that these things are out there, which I know you know. But we want to give you the techniques that you can use to protect yourself while it's happening to you. When you see something, when you hear something. When you feel something and you think, mm, really? That's the time when you want to look in the book and find out which tactic is being used. How can you protect yourself? What questions should you be asking? What should your mindset be? Why are they choosing you? Should you do this or shouldn't you? That's when we want you to be thinking about it, not after it's happened. That's why we're talking about this right now and identifying who the most vulnerable people are and that they will take advantage of you. No doubt about that. Well, you you said the word feeling, Dennis, and this came up because Dennis and I are teaching a course right now called Manipulation Defense for Women, 
which we are going to offer uh, throughout the year. So you can find that on the website, uh, witinrealtime.com. But going back to that word feeling, I always use the word the sticky, icky feeling. When that feeling comes up for you, whether you're my daughter who realized all these apps were making her feel terrible, whether you're in a conversation with someone and you walk away and you just feel bad every time you talk to that person. It's about being mindful and conscious of what's happening to you Mm -hmm. because your body does let you know. The question is if you're willing to hear it. A lot of times people just feel overwhelmed. Oh, well, there's no solution or I can't really change it or I'm, no. I'm married to the person or I work for the boss. And Having I a bad day. They'll get over it. I, she didn't really mean that. Mm-hmm. All of those thoughts. No. But no. you do. You have free will. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. And exercising it may take a lot of courage and strength. Mm-hmm. But try it because putting away those social media apps, just detoxing from it, you find that you feel better. You go for a walk, you pick some flowers, you don't, it it doesn't, you'll see that your life will go on and it'll be just fine. I'm not sure these things are adding quality of life. Yes, there are. I have fallen at my favorite guy is Nobody Cares Anthony on TikTok. So (laughs) when I want a good laugh, I just go right to Nobody Cares Anthony and I watch him. Or, but I, I, I can't sit there all day. I've done the scrolling thing and I've watched 30 minutes go by. You don't get that time back. You don't get it back and you're not creating anything of value. You're not moving yourself forward. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really sad that we're doing this to, to underdeveloped humans, particularly girls and women Mm -hmm. who seem to be extremely the most vulnerable to it. And Mm -hmm. they broke the code on this. I think about the Beatles in the 60s, when the Beatles hit America and they pan over the crowd of those girls losing their minds, who are now on their 60s and 70s, losing their minds. I feel like Mm -hmm. it began back then, like, whoa, we're on to something here, Mm -hmm. right? It's almost cultish. It's like worship. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Now, Now it's Taylor Swift doing it, but, you know, let's face it. And when you looked at their parents... Go back a little bit. You looked at their parents. They were doing the same thing with Tom Jones and a couple of others. And they weren't just losing their mind. They were losing their clothing. They were taking clothing off and throwing it on the stage of these people. Talk about control. Talk about manipulation. Could you ever convince somebody standing in a grocery line to take their clothes off and throw it at the... (laughs) No, no. But this is why we've said before, what the manipulator is controlling is the momentum of the moment in which they have your attention. Right. And when they have it, they want to control it. And when we say momentum of the moment, we mean moment. Yes. Literally, second to second to minute to minute. That's right. Because tactics come boom, 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 boom. Not just one at a time like we're going through in the book and so forth. Not just one at a time. They come at you. So that. A, a good manipulator knows how to control the momentum of the moment. Once you get it going, get it going, keep it going, do this, do that. It becomes very easy. So we want you to learn about these things before you get in that situation. Yes. And when it comes at you, you can say, uh, 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 wait, wait, wait. You will learn to outwit that manipulator by doing these kind of things. That's why we're here. And then forgive yourself. Because when you look back in time and you say, oh. 
How what in the world was I thinking? Yeah. How yeah. could I do that? That's not me. Yeah. You know, throwing my underwear on the stage or cutting yeah. my arm or whatever it is yeah. you did. Yeah. Instead of being hard on yourself, think about what you marinated in yeah. that got you to that point. Because yeah. ultimately it's about learning and being putting yourself in a position of power and not helplessness. And just to wrap up this part, Dennis, the social media stuff, although it's insidious, although it's ubiquitous, although apparently it's moved from optional to mandatory in our society, you can still walk away from it. Absolutely. The only way you can be manipulated is, is if you are complicit mm -hmm. in your own manipulation. Mm -hmm. So that, think that about weird. that. We're, we're not blaming you for that. No. No, we're just saying I you have to cooperate. And cl complicit means like, cooperate. Well, I let it happen. No, we know. We know. Yeah, if we know it's not easy. Yeah, and we know oftentimes, well, this is why we talk about this so much, right, Dennis? This is why we write. This is why we think. This is why we train. Because it is quite insidious. Mm -hmm. And even still, Dennis and I live and breathe this manipulation stuff all the time. I'll still find myself being manipulated by something. You're human. You're human, it, right? And yep. It's, it's sneaky. We're all, we're all it's very sneaky. We're the only difference now is I can bring it into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, you never escape being a target. No. None of us will. You will always be a target to a manipulator somewhere, somehow. For or something. corporate America. Oh, yeah. And when we say manipulator, it could well be a corporation manipulating, not just yes. an individual. So we know that all of that happens. That's why this podcast and this book is important. We point out when it's happening, what to do about it. Yes. Don't fret about it afterwards. And how do I ever know? What do you do? That's why we're here. This so, would be a great topic of discussion for any uh, teenager in your life, male or female, oh, yeah. or something in between. This would be a great topic of conversation because it's it's all about them feeling connection and support. Nobody, ha I don't know anybody who has great memories of their teenage years. I really don't. So it's it's a rocky time. So see what you can do to help somebody who may be going through this, especially those of us from a generation where we had freedom. We left school. We went home. It didn't chase us, follow us wherever we went. Yeah. So. Anyway, Dennis, anything more you want to say about that before we segue to our second half? Well, there's a lot more to say about it, and we will be doing it in all of the podcasts that come along. So please join us. And remember, it's outwitinrealtime.com. Any moment, you can join us at any time. We have two seasons of podcasts out there, and they're all designed to help you identify the manipulative, manipulative tactics and what you can do to protect yourself. So please don't hesitate. We keep asking you and we urge you, don't be a target. Protect yourself. Use the techniques and things that we are teaching you and not only this podcast, but in the, the class that Robin mentioned, Defense for Women. We're going to be doing another one, Defense for Men. So stay tuned. Stay tuned with us and be with us again the next time when we have another guest coming with us. So until then, for Robin Walensky, I'm Dr. Dennis Becker, saying thanks for being, there, being here now, <laughs> and bye for now. Thank you for being with us today on today's episode of Outwitting the Manipulator. 
protecting yourself in real time. Robin and Dennis are seasoned communication experts, not medical or therapeutic professionals. The thoughts and opinions expressed are their own. If you, a loved one, or a friend are in an abusive or controlling relationship, you will find additional resources in the show notes for today's episode. Their book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, is available on Amazon and Kindle. We invite you to be with us again next time, when Robin and Dennis will discuss ways of outwitting the manipulator, protecting yourself in real time.